I Love Gay Palm Springs with John Taylor, comedian Shan Carr, and gay desert guides Brad Fur. So here we are. We're going on another journey together, but yet apart. It is episode 74 of I Love Gay Palm Springs. It's me, John Taylor, the very gorgeous uh, silver fox Shan Carr is uh, in the grid. And of course, our gay desert guide, Brad Fur, is here. And guys, it's the holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. I can see the excitement. I know. Riveting. <laughs> oh my gosh. You got I your lights the... up though. I did yeah. get my lights up. And of course your fuck you snowflake uh, Christmas tree ornament. I've got one for you too. Oh, I, I really am. I cannot wait to see that. <laughs> uh, what do you have on our journey today, Shan? Well, we've got our, as I keep calling him, our security blanket, Jimmy Bogle from the Coachella Valley Independent. We have Dr. Laura Rush doing our doc talk and boy, gosh, with vaccines and everything going on. Uh, then we have Fernando Valles from Craven Comics. I can't wait to hear about those guys and what they're doing. They have a new imprint and digital uh, cartoon uh, comics series. Then Dennis Flagg Moore from Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh, they've got a fashion show and some other stuff going on. And Sue Burnside from the Victory Institute. Can't wait to talk to all of them. Seems like we have a lot of superheroes on today. We do. But before we do that, let's find out what's going on on set over at uh, Brad's neighborhood where there is paparazzi in the bushes. God, I know. It's crazy what's going on. Um, Chris Pine is not here. However, Harry Styles is here, and we are getting young women. Um, don't get on, get off my lawn, because there's women all over the lawns. They're, they're stalking Harry Styles. Um, so I'm in, a, uh, I'm in a, a secret location in South Palm Springs, uh, which has turned out not to be so secret anymore. Um, this film is the directing debut of Olivia Wilde. She produces the film with a couple of other people. And she also wrote the screenplay alongside some others. Florence Pugh plays Harry Styles' wife, uh, Olivia Wilde in the film. As I said, Chris Pine, Gemma Chan. There's all kinds of great stars. And they've been filming in my neighborhood. And they brought in, so this, uh, this film is set in the 1950s, late 1950s. Um, and they brought in period cars, a trolley, a period dump truck. Um, I've got pictures of all of it. It's really fun to see. And I know at this very moment, December 3rd at 8.07 a.m., I know exactly where Harry Styles is. And I could go knock on the door from my neighborhood and they would probably just have me arrested. Oh, well, then don't do don't that. do it. Oh. <laughs> we both gave you the opposite advice, so. Now, people are going to be driving your neighborhood looking for the Gay Desert Guide Mobile, which it's, doesn't it's, not, it's in the shop. It's in the shop right Oh, now. okay, good. So they won't so exactly they can't find, find the it. block. Yeah, yep. Yeah, of all the times to have it. I mean, I would have people driving by. I'd have all these stars driving by my gay mobile, and it's in the shop getting fixed because I got rear-ended. But you oh, could well. have turned lots of celebrities gay just with your car. I know. I it's know. a possibility. Well, what fun! What a what a nice uh, kind of relief from the the COVID and and the politics, and just to have some 
glitz and glamour in your in your hood. That's nice. I know, and it's going to be great for Palm Springs. The fact that it's being shot in this neighborhood is is big. Um, so I'm looking forward when the movie comes out. It's called Don't Worry, Darling, and uh, Chris Pine and uh, and Harry Styles. That's enough for me. Well, I know that last movie that filmed here called Palm Springs didn't show any of Palm Springs and everybody was feeling all wimpy about it. So I hope they learn right. the lesson. Have I you guys ever seen photo credits? Have you ever seen Palm Springs Weekend? Sure. It's yes. Connie Stevens film. and uh, Robert Conrad and like Troy Donahue. It's, Wasn't it filmed at the Desert yep. Palms? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. at City Hall. Uh, what is uh, now... Uh, CVEP's offices, which used to be the right. police station, right, right across the street from City Hall. Yeah, it plays every now and then on Turner Classic Movies, and I, I just get a kick out of seeing, you know, the desert yep. when the roads weren't really paved. They were just sort of sandy. I'm so heartbroken. So there was fun. a thing last week called uh, Women Built Palm Springs, put on by the Historical Society and 1PS. And oh, I was yeah. so excited about it. And I logged on and I sat there and I sat there and I sat there. Nobody let me into the room. Then I got all pissed off. I was a day late. Oh, <sighs> no. I was so disappointed. So I've been bothering the heck out of them because they did videotape it. And uh, with enough pressure, I think they're going to put it up on the 1PS website. So. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, I want to see it. So, gosh, I hate that when you're like... All the Zoom things, and you don't get them right. Oh, my gosh. It's so frustrating. Well, I mean, back in the old days, you would show up at the event right. dressed and ready to go. And so, like, the embarrassment yeah. is a little less when it's a Zoom. Right. Yeah. Like, I could have just kept it to myself and told nobody that I'm an idiot, <laughs> but I've told everyone. You know, now the whole world knows. Now the, whole the whole world, world is your group therapy, Shankar. That, well, has always That's true. been... And speaking That's of group true. therapy. Let's get our kids in. <laughs> hey, welcome, welcome. We've got Dr. Laura Rush and Jimmy Bogle from the Coachella Valley Independent ready for a little group therapy. Ooh, boy, <laughs> do we need it. But oh, we, we have to do the congratulations to Dr. Laura Rush in person because we didn't get you last week. Oh, right on. Thank you. Oh, yes. Uh, for anybody who wasn't with us last week, uh, Dr. Laura Rush was voted by the readers of Jimmy's publication, Coachella Valley Independent, as the best doctor in the valley in the Best of the Valley edition, which is on newsstands right now. Woohoo! Yeah, it just Woo. came out in print, huh? Yes. And Shankar, of course, is best realtor. Yes. So we've got best realtor, we've got best doctor, and we've got the first runner-up for best radio uh, personality, even though you haven't been on the radio in a year. So I'd like I to know. say I'm Miss Congeniality. <laughs> Absolutely. I would give you that. <laughs> I'd take it. And I'm misplaced. I love it. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. I'm misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this... We, we don't want misinformation. That's why we have Dr. Rush. So where are we at? Uh, it's not looking so good. You know, the numbers came out two days ago and every Tuesday morning. And we're, we're, we're spiking. We're heading in that direction where we were over the summer. And it does not look happy for, for us. 
good news is, you know, you, like I said last time, you can hear the cavalry. The footsteps are coming. The vaccines are on their way as we speak. So they're hoping to start getting people vaccinated, meaning frontline workers, healthcare workers, within the next two to three weeks. My mom has just checked into a maximum security twilight home, (laughs) as Dame Edna used to call it. And um, I mean, it really is secure. Can't visit her. She's uh, in a nursing facility right now. Are are people in nursing homes and assisted livings, are they going to be... That's what they're hoping to prioritize those specific groups of people because that's where we're seeing the most the most deaths from COVID coming from are in that population. So they're going to be looking for hospital workers, people working in the hospital uh, first. People are going to be most likely to get exposed to it. Healthcare workers, then you know police officers, things like that, and, and then also in terms of general population, residents of long-term care facilities, nursing homes, assisted living facilities. Can as we well. arrange? Can we arrange to come film you get your vaccine? Yeah. Ah, that'd be great. Yes. Yeah. If you can't do it, I can have it done. But absolutely, I don't. I don't. I have no problem with that. And I yeah. and I think things like that are actually important. Um, there was just a story that came out this morning that the that uh, former presidents Clinton, uh, um, yeah. Obama, and Bush have agreed to on camera publicly get the vaccine because there's still about 45% of the people in this country that aren't sure they want to get the vaccine. And you know what, frankly, some of those concerns are, are not misplaced because this is, you know, normally vaccines and other drugs go through a years long process. However, you know, the trials with the two vaccines that are up for emergency approval right now have each had, I believe, what, 30,000 participants? Um, Obviously half of whom got a placebo and there have been no serious effects from them. So it looks pretty safe, but, and, and, you know, if we want to get back to normalcy, that's what it's going to take. Is it going to be injected in the butt or the arm? You know, that I'm not sure. If, if it's an IM or a subcutaneous shot, they're usually in the arm. That's yeah, but if it's in the butt, you know, maybe Obama and uh, Clinton and Carter might be th- rethinking that video. You they're just gonna... want yours in the butt so you can say you got some action. This is sad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, most of the time it does go in, in the arm. So, But Jimmy's correct. There's, there's a lot of people out there that have some concerns. Even friends of mine who are in the industry are concerned. Yeah. Really? Um, I, I'm not concerned. You know, when this is what happens when you get to remove bureaucratic red tape and then move vaccines the segments simultaneously instead of one at a time. So they were able to move this thing a lot faster. And it just goes to show you too, how quickly we can actually create these things when we all put our brain power to work. And, and we, and we did donate the resources to it, too. And one of the reasons why these vaccines literally are on planes right now going to various places is because once they went into trials, they started producing them. They ramped up production. Right. And that's expensive. We're talking about hundreds of millions and billions of dollars from among all the vaccines. And the one thing, the one thing I will give Trump serious credit for is the fact that he put the dedication and money to buy these vaccines. And, you know, fortunately, everything else with the pandemic didn't go so well in terms of his leadership. But that is the one thing he did and he did well and that he does deserve credit for. I I agree with you. And I was going to give him credit and then snatch it back because is there a country 
that did research that didn't go ahead and push forward and the Brits are ahead of us so they can be the they guinea are. pigs right actually actually no 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 they they are ahead of us but the EU is very very upset because they think they rushed things and oh, well, you know we so, did so that may not have been a good thing in terms of the EU approving this so quickly and other countries China supposedly gave it and Russia's got their own vaccines Yep, Sputnik, correct. I would oh. not, that's one vaccine I would not take, the Russian vaccine. You know what, though? It comes with vodka, so step up, queen. <laughs> <laughs> you get a shot with your shot? <laughs> yes. You're sounding like Alexander Rodriguez now. Yes, well, that's what I was saying last week when Laura wasn't here. When I first moved here, you at CC Construction Company, if you came into the bar and you ordered a, a flu shot, you got a shot of tequila with it. Little incentive. Shot with the shot. I like it. Yeah. I, I don't know Kaiser will go for it, but. <laughs> well, and I've been hearing that the side effects for these vaccines, it actually can feel like for a day or two, a mild case of the flu or a bad hangover. So, it, you know, oh. kind of fits in that case too. I thought you were going to say it makes you feel drunk, and then I was back in again. But, oh, well. <laughs> like, like any other vaccine, you're going to have an immune response. You're going to feel kind of punky for 24 hours as your body starts to mount an immune response to what you just got vaccinated with. Tell me. your body doing its job. Okay, so it's I not have a question. Sorry. Go ahead. I have a question. Um, in the Daily Digest yesterday, I linked to an article where Andrew Yang and a former Clinton official are saying that as an incentive – for people to actually get the vaccine, they're proposing that you basically get an economic stimulus check of $100 to get each dose. And that's Okay, I swear that said $1,000. Sorry, $1,000. Okay. What did I say? $1,000, thank you. $1,000 to get the vaccine because, you know, A, there's people that are afraid to get it, and B, there are some concerns that the two vaccines that are up for approval right now will both take two doses. And some people might not want to come back for that second dose if the first dose makes them feel crappy for a couple of days. So what does everyone think of that idea? I'm just curious. Give me the I money. need the thousand bucks. Yep. People will be bribed. Yeah. Yeah. People respond yeah. nicely to bribery and, and to money, absolutely. You know, a lot of vaccines are two-dose vaccines. You know, getting your MMR when you were a child are two-dose vaccines. Now, pneumonia shots are, you know, you have to get one yeah. and you get a booster. Talk me well. through the shingles one, though, because everybody's getting it and everybody is complaining more about that than anything I've ever heard. People will find a reason to complain about everything. Look, you know, you're being vaccinated against something that could potentially really, really hurt you, get you sick. And, yeah. you know, people are going to complain. If they're complaining like, oh, it's going to hurt or, oh, it's an inconvenience. Well, so is death. So <laughs> a monumental inconvenience. Yeah. God, I was about to whine. Yeah, my dad got a case of shingles that actually did nerve damage in his face. And so for the last Ooh. 10 years of his life, anytime he would be in a mild wind, it would feel like a bunch of needles were hitting him. It was okay, so I got the old shingle shot. Now I have to get both of the new ones. As yes. All right. And it's I had okay. the shingles shot number one. The new one. one's much more, much more effective. And, you know, it's much, um, yeah, it's much more effective. The last one was only about 60% effective. The current one is much more so. Will they give me $1,000 to get it? Because <laughs> I could get that 1000 for the shingles. I could get it for the corona. And now your rent's paid. 
There you go. Now, I, I'm, I'm in favor of anything they can do to get people who are already concerned about not getting it, going, heading and getting it. This is true herd immunity. The more of us that get vaccinated against it, the safer everybody else is going to be. Okay. Well, good. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, I thought that was someone asking you a question. Hi, no, Jess. It's that's uh, Smokey and Jet this morning. I'm I'm in my office and they're in here with me today. Oh, nice, Jimmy. So, Dr. Rush, we okay. would be remiss if we didn't wish you a happy belated birthday. Oh yeah, sorry birthday. about that. Thank you, thank you. I'm 25 as of the first. In oh, dog years? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Ooh, Ouch. that's bad. I happen Ouch. to remember it was the last birthday that was an even number, right? No, I was 54 two days ago. Oh, what? Okay. All right. All right. I was going to say about 10 years younger. Oh, He said all that and he doesn't want to sleep with you. Flattery no. will get you everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, 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 get, you get moved up three places in line for, an, for the uh, vaccine. <laughs> That's it. For you, I'll, I'll tag you in the butt. I'll take it for 500. <laughs> One in each cheek, 500 apiece. Yeah, baby. That's it. Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with us? <laughs> Stir Jimmy crazy. Laura, Jimmy, yeah. Laura, somebody got a topic that you'd like to hit? Yeah, I, it's kind of weird to bring this up. Um, we're actually taping this Thursday morning, and there's a good chance that by the time this actually goes live, that a lockdown, a statewide or a purple county order will come down from the state. It should be either today or tomorrow on Friday, I'm guessing. It is coming. The only question is what is going to be included in it? Will outdoor dining be included? What kind of restrictions are going to be put on retail? um things like that so everyone needs to brace for that it's just a question of what exactly is going to be in it it does seem like it's on its way without question there is no doubt with the All way that what, what newsom said on monday and the yeah. way the numbers are going and the buzz that's coming out of the capitol from journalists who are there it's it's coming probably today or tomorrow so do you think governor newsom's running out to have uh dinners with a lot of people in the days leading up to it and probably not after the last one oh, and you know yeah. that's that's the problem that we've got right now is that there's no question that you shouldn't be doing things like that you shouldn't be going to large only semi outdoor dinners with multiple households and yet he, th he's doing it and so now as a result that gives the people who want to throw stones at him a free pass to do so and it's just bad leadership same with chad mays running off to hawaii for a conference oh, I know. um it's this is not things leaders should be doing people well no. I go ahead let's say they brought this on themselves they brought the criticism on themselves too and it, yeah. it's it's ridiculous it's ludicrous it's you know they it's not do as i say not and not as i do it, it's just you have to walk the walk as well yep. so so tonight, if I'm right in my stoner brain, is state of the city, right? <laughs> this oh, no, afternoon, this actually, 11 a.m. Uh, yeah, by the time this is out, state of the city will have happened. Okay, and I did so sign up like, for it. Are you going? Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to watch. Um, yeah, it's kind of like Back to the Future, you know. It's uh, which I just watched the other day again for the, and and then Back to the Future Two was on after that. I'm like, wow, why, why can't we have a back to the future? Why can't we go over and redo four years ago? Oh. 
That's a dream. And if only they'd have set the time machine back a little bit, then Hillary Clinton could have been president and the whole thing would have been... Oh, my God. You know what I'm seeing is, like, people put, put their memories of last year's gatherings up, and I, I'm so judgy. I look and I go, what are you doing with all of those people and no mask? And then you look, oh, it's 2017. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of people asking me, as a photo I put up of my friend Candace and I celebrating last year, and they're like, you were, you were at 849, you had another big party? I was like, that was last year, toots, you know? <laughs> Read the print, people. Wow. The one with the sparklers? Yeah. Yeah, I, I judged you until yeah. I read the print. That was last year, but next year we'll do it again. Next year we'll do it again. Hey, we should also do a quick happy birthday to Rhonda Hart, who runs Palm Springs Pride and is a great advocate for the LGBTQ community here in the greater Palm Springs area. Today, Thursday, December 3rd, as we tape this, is his birthday as well. So that's it for birthdays. The good thing about pandemic birthdays that you don't celebrate, you actually don't have to age that year. Uh No, you know, a friend of mine turns 50 tomorrow and she's saying, nope, no, it's it's a COVID year. So I get to skip it. And next year I'll turn 50. I can't believe this leads me to another how crazy my mother was story, but... (laughs) When I was six years old, I guess I was Satan. I mean, I've always been Satan, in her eyes at least. She told me that unless I behaved better, I would not be allowed to turn seven. And for seven days after my seventh birthday, she did not allow me to turn seven. Wow. So I guess you can just decide that you're not turning 50 if you don't want to turn 50. (laughs) Or you can consult Shan's mom and she will sign your dispensation to be yes, able to yeah, have a birthday. Wow. Oh my gosh. All right, I've guys, what got, else you got? I've got an event that I'd like to mention. Um, our friends at the Mary Pickford Theater, yes. um, locally owned, uh, have been closed for more than a couple weeks since March. They've actually started um, their drive-in over near the theater in Cathedral City. And uh, Damon, the owner over there, emailed me and several others to promote a movie. Yep. You know, a lot of the movies they've been showing at the drive-in, just because it's hard to get rights and it's weird, have been older movies and stuff like that. But he actually got a new release that's playing on, I've got in front of me, the 4th, the 6th, and the 7th, called The Prom. It's actually a Ryan Murphy film with James Corden, Nicole Kidman, and uh, someone, uh, Merle Streep. Merle Streep. Meryl Streep, that's it. And Merrill, that's, that's going to be um, that's going to be happening at their drive-in um, experience on the fourth, sixth, and seventh. And so I wanted to tout that because not only um, does do local businesses like the Pickford Theater need our support, this is a rare chance to, in this lockdown era in Riverside County, actually go see a first-run movie. So I wanted to mention that. Well, and I just wrote them a note to see if they're going to eventually be interested in doing some live stuff outside there at the drive-in. We'll see. Good. Fingers yeah. crossed. That's the state still needs and to tighten up its guidance on that. They are not coming out with proper guidance on on live outdoor events and it's, you know, drive-in oh. stuff is in this weird netherland. And as a result, oh. all sorts of plans by local theater companies are being, as we've discussed, and are being put to the side because the state's being very vague and weird with their guidance on that. Even in the cars, because you just yeah. don't know where the line draws around you, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. So hard. Right. Well, stay tuned for the vagaries that are going to be uh, handed down from uh, Sacramento later on today. Also, you want to make sure you get 
on the mailing list for uh, the Daily Digest that is sent out by Jimmy and uh, cvindependent.com. It's uh, a, great, uh, a great thing to have in your inbox. Can I ask you guys real quick, go around the room, because I, I respect the taste that you all have. Binging anything good? What? Are you binging anything good? Oh. I mean, everybody's crazy about Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit was good. The Crown's been awesome. Crown's been good. That. It's a movie, so it isn't quite a binge, but on Amazon Prime, there, uh, Garrett and I watched Uncle Frank last night. Yes. Oh, I did too. It's, it was good. It, it is not a feel-good movie, I'm warning you right now. It, it, it has a feel-good, it has some feel-good moments. Yeah. But um, yeah. I have a rule where I don't watch rough movies too close to bed because it screws up my dreams. And yeah. I probably watched this one a little too close to bed last night, but it is definitely worth seeing. Mm. It's very well acted. Um, it has enough comic relief to to not does, be so it heavy. Does, it does, you know, I don't want to give anything away. You know, the, right. it isn't all bleak, but it has some it has some tough moments that a lot of uh, people. Two will other gay two other gay movies. I think one is Hallmark called The Happiest Season, which is a lesbian movie. Yes. Um, a lot of people were raving about it. I personally am too bitter to watch another movie where the lesbian's character issue is all about being ashamed about being gay. I mean, there's a happy ending and it's a nice family, but the whole thing is about her not wanting to come out and her partner getting screwed over by it. And so I'm always disappointed when that, and then there's one called The Holiday House. And the gay guys, the story for them is that they're waiting on an adoption, not that they're gay and they're hiding. The egomaniacal actor is a straight brother, which I appreciate, you know. So yeah. the, hap the, the holiday house was pretty good. But speaking of, shout out to Elliot Page, right? Yes. yes. So I'm oh coming out God. as transgender. Yes. So right on, yes. the bravery behind that is astonishing. Yeah, but didn't you just go, what? Right? Yes. I didn't see it coming, but... Me neither. Right on. I wasn't looking. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Good, that took good for him. tremendous amounts of courage. Yeah, it no did. doubt. Listen, yep. you two, thank you so much for joining us again thank on the you. show. We love you. We'll see you again soon. <laughs> All right, you guys. Be safe this weekend. Next, we have Fernando Valles, who is the founder of a team of 10 Latin artists bringing to us an LGBTQ comic book series that represents our community and some of our sub-communities. The message is that anyone, no matter your gender, how you identify or who you love, we can all be a hero. Please welcome Fernando. Hey! Thank you guys. Good morning. Hello. Are you still us. in Palm Springs visiting us? Are you still here? Yes. Oh my God. I don't want to leave. The weather is so nice. <laughs> Where do you come from? San Francisco. Oh, brr. Brr. Yeah, it's clean and nice weather here. <laughs> yes. I lived okay, in the so city gonna, in the I'm 80s. Gonna, I'm putting up the comic, the, the cover of the beautifully bound uh, Class 6, the, uh, the comic book series that you've put together. And so that's why we're talking to you today. That looks like it's much nicer than a newsprint comic. Yeah, we put a lot of work into it. We wanted to make like, since there's not such a comic book like that, that for our community, we want to make the best material. We want something that it can represent us that we can feel, you know, pride of. So we, we choose the best and it looks amazing. Like, I just love it. Well, tell us some about the characters and their stories. So we created these six LGBTQ heroes to start with, because there will be more coming. But um, 
So I got inspiration from real life people. Um, you know, I used to run a LGBTQ magazine. And we interviewed transgender kids. So uh, everything that they've gone through from being thrown the street for the street by their parents. So I wanted to portray that no matter what we have gone through life, we can all be heroes. So I use these personal stories of uh, each character to, to show that. So for example, a transgender hero is thrown on the street by their parents. Um, the transgender character, I mean, the lesbian hero, she was raped by her father, which a lot of people didn't know that that actually exists, corrupted rape. It happens around the world. So I'm trying to create awareness with each of the characters while I still add a science fiction touch to the comic book because there's aliens and our drag queen is, is basically God. <laughs> she created human. So it's like a lot of twists, but at the same time representing the community while we have been through and struggled with. Are there gay villains though? Uh, you have to see because um, <laughs> the villains evolve a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, they may be sometimes... I've, I've... Uh -huh. so go, go ahead. And there's sometimes there may be home for people that are pretty gay, so we don't know if one of them may be gay. <laughs> Do you have any like evil congressmen that uh, pass anti-LGBTQ plus uh, legislation, but then are outed by our superheroes? Actually, one of our main villains is our soon-to-be former president, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God, now you just wrecked it for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's one of the main villains. Um, he actually is not a human. He's from another race, uh, wants to kill us all. And this is, about the, this is what the comic book is about. Um, humans and these uh, alien beings have been at war for thousands and thousands of years, and we don't know. And the story center of our main character, Queen Isar, who has a lot of secrets, and she's involved in basically every part of our history. And so the, the heroes got caught up in this battle that now they have to fight for the survival of the human race. Okay, well, if he's an alien, I'll, I'll read it. Tell us where we can find it. Uh, you can find it on our website right now. We, you know, we're a small company. <laughs> so you can go on cravingcomics.com or you can buy it also online. In mostly all the platforms, iTunes, Google Playbook, uh, Amazon, Comixology. Craven Comics is with a K, not a C, right? Yeah, with right. a K. Okay. And class, uh, class six is the first series of the first six comic books that are all put together. Now, Stephen Canil, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, turned me on to you and the comic book series, and, and, uh, and he was kind enough to deliver a copy. And I have to say, I haven't read comic books since I was a kid, like literally since I was pre-puberty, right? It just wasn't a thing that's been on my radar. And I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And I got into it and it was a page turner. I, the, oh. the illustrations are beautiful. The paper you print this on, I mean, this is really something that I see as, I, I really think it's a great Christmas gift. I have to tell you, if, uh, if someone's looking for a Christmas gift for an LGBTQ friend, family member, um, this would be really great because there are lessons in here too, Fernando. What I really like is you're teaching, you're using these teachable moments, as well as telling a story and, uh, and bringing fantasy into this and all kinds of things. So it's, it's spectacular. Also, I have to say the actual diversity of not just saying LGBTQ and then having a bunch of gay guys. Yeah. It's honorable. <laughs> yeah. It means a lot, right? 
especially to be able to put i want kids to when i was little and i would pick up comic books i didn't click with any i didn't feel that i was represented and for me it was very important that when youth pick lgbtq comic book like ours they feel empowered they feel like no matter what I go, I'm going, going through right now, no matter how I feel, I can be a hero. I mean, I have a purpose and I belong into, into our community. So I really want to empower the youth because honestly, we didn't have good representation of our community right. um, in the comic book industry. And it's time for us to actually you know, fight for our rights in that way. There's a lot of homophobic people in the comic book industry. They say, don't label the comic book gay. I'm like, we're not going back to the closet. <laughs> but, you know, growing up and looking at, at, the, at the comic books, you know, all of the superheroes were wearing super tight, like Lycra, and had <laughs> muscles. And, I mean, it was very homoerotic or certainly celebrating, you know, masculine yeah. <laughs> bodybuilder types. And... You would think that the comic book industry, or at least the artists, were uh, pretty damn gay. No, they, they don't. Big companies are afraid of representing us the right way because they're afraid of losing money. So we're not afraid. We want to represent our community. We are a respectable product that is entertaining, but at the same time create awareness. And hopefully, you know, next time we'll be on Netflix. Is there an, is there an age um, range? I mean, you know, is this NC-17? Is this older than 14? Is there a... I would say older than 17 because there is some... It's up to the parent. <laughs> yeah. There is some, like, <laughs> episode three where the lesbian is getting raped by her father. That's pretty strong. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like kids are looking at worse stuff on the internet. So there may be something... They may look at it, like, it may look bad, but actually it's very educative, like, you know, create awareness of what other people are going through. And if that happens to you, don't stay silent, speak up. It's very important to tell those who have been, um, you know, raped or abused to never stay silent, but to speak up. You know, when we say that there is no representation of us, it's because we haven't been able to get out there and speak our voice properly. And, and that's all it takes, really. And then you have to push and push and push to get the visibility with it. But much proud very much proud of you for making an image that's diverse and speaks to both joy and struggle, looks beautiful, pushes into the industry. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And if you ever need a voice actor for an evil gay supervillain in his lair <laughs> who is going to destroy, I'll be happy. To oh, sounds there pretty you good go, John's, John's I, audition. I'm inspired by you. That's oh, great. yeah. If you want a gay, what? evil supervillain. How bad are you? <laughs> oh, I can be very bad. But when I'm bad, we've I'm better. Him, we've <laughs> seen him at his worst. Uh, CravenComics.com, K-R-A-V-E-N, comics.com is the website. Fernando, thank you so much for joining us today on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Thank you so much, guys. Well, coming up on CBS Local 2 on Friday night, that would be December the 4th, Dennis Flagmore, you are going to be part of Men of the Desert, the 11th annual benefiting Animal Samaritans. You lucky devil, you. <laughs> yes, I got to do this with you, I think, a couple of years ago as well, Brad. 
We did. We were on this a few years ago. Last year, I was just a fluffer. They just had me. No, they, they literally, like Susan Stein from Palm Springs Life, she's the fashion editor. She had me backstage and I was helping get everybody dressed and keep the dogs straight and that whole thing. That's when we could all get together. And that was such a wonderful event. And now here we are a year later and uh, we're still helping Animal Samaritans do their good work in a completely different way. Tell us how this is going to work. Yeah, so we're doing this, like you said, definitely differently. Um, it's all virtual. Um, everything uh, was done individually for each model. As you remember in the past, you know, we had about, you know, 15 people backstage, you know, with dressers, getting everything ready to go so we could produce this amazing show for 350 guests. But now we have to do it in a, in a safe way. Um, but now we're able to do this show, but invite um, everyone to watch us from the comfort of their own home. And the great thing about doing this at Saks Fifth Avenue is, you know, we have an amazing space to do this and produce this. And we were able to get some amazing people to uh, model locally for us, some, some great men of the desert here. And, you know, with the help of Susan Stein, you know, we're all going to look incredible. So I'm excited. Well, you look incredible. I'd give you props for putting on a bow tie in the morning for a podcast. I want to tell the audience a little bit about Dennis Flagmore. He's the VP general manager of Saks Fifth Avenue in Palm Desert. He's involved in all kinds of local organizations from Mizell, Living Desert, Coyote Stage Works, and Animal Samaritans, as we mentioned. He is also the recipient of the coveted 40 under 40 young talent in uh, Palm Springs life. So, so tell me, are you walking down your own hallway like it's a runway or what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so we, it was really nice. We were able to uh, film this in the store and have a great uh, small camera crew and then also have the individual model with their canine companion, of course. And, you know, we did some, you know, great green screens that are going to look, you know, very real and yeah. like you're yeah. in the store and that you're on a runway. And, you know, I've got to see the first run of it already. And I was very impressed by what we were able to create. And I think people are going to be really excited. You know, it's a 30 minute show, uh, but you're going to have a lot of, you know, great enthusiasm and just a lot of fun while you watch it. Sounds fabulous. Do you have a plus so Dennis, size model? <laughs> You, yeah, know, you, you know, models come in all shapes and sizes. So at Saks Fifth Avenue, we definitely embrace that. And you will see definitely all shapes and sizes on the runway as well. Okay, good. If you're looking for a chubby next Dennis, year, I'm I in. Absolutely, okay. <laughs> I, used, I used to absolutely love uh, when we would go um, uh, get the clothes. We used to come over to the store and uh, order all the clothes and get everything together. And then... Um, those, those clothes would be delivered backstage and we'd get all dressed up into two or three different costumes. So very different this year. Tell us, um, I understand we've got some other good handsome hounds in there. I'm uh, seeing, uh, what is it, uh, Patrick Evans is joining us this year? Is that yeah, correct? we have Patrick Evans, KSQ meteorologist there. Uh, we also have uh, Peter Doubt, who is an anchor at KESQ as well. Um, and then we also have Kelly Doherty, who's the senior vice president of the wealth management group at Morgan Stanley here in the desert. So a lot of, you know, great influential men are going to be a part of this. And, you know, it's a great way for us to raise money for animal Samaritans. As we all know, no matter what's going on in the world right now, there are always 
things we need to do in this desert for people and for animals that are in need. So we're excited to have this amazing group of men uh, support us and to also help us raise funds for Animal Samaritan. And thank you, because I know Sachs has been involved for a number of years, and that's really because you, you put it out there. You really make this happen every year. Um, and so the sponsorship and the clothes and everything else that uh, come together to put this on, uh, we really appreciate Sachs Fifth Avenue helping the mutts and the <laughs> kitty cats of the desert. Oh, I also want to mention Dimitri uh, Helkadis is also... Uh, on he's in uh, he's a part of the, the founder of Boo to Bullying, mm -hmm. which is a local not profit that has worked with LGBT uh, people over the years. Mm -hmm. Boo to Bullying. So he's another one of those that will be in the uh, fashion show. And the time and the date and the place is 7:30 p.m. So tomorrow on CBS uh, two uh, here locally. And um, yeah, like I said, it's about a 30-minute show, and it's going to be you'll see front of stage, back of stage, behind the scenes, all the ins and outs. So it's gonna be like you're there um, and you're gonna see everything from Susan Stein pulling clothes to maybe a dog running off the stage or something fun like that. So when you're dealing with animals, it's always an exciting time. You never know. Dennis, thanks for coming on today. It's a pleasure to see you. We haven't seen each other in ages. It's good to see you and, uh, and good luck with the fashion show tomorrow night, Friday, December the 4th, CBS Local 2, 7.30 p.m. is the time. Work right. the runway, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Next on the show, we have Sue Burnside. She is a Palm Springs native, and that's unusual, and a national grassroots political consultant. She is the EQCA on the board and the co-chair of the Victory Fund campaign board. She is a major donor to a bunch of gay organizations, yes. and she's going to tell us a little bit about the Victory Fund. Good morning, Sue. Good Burnside. morning, you guys. Good to hey. see everybody. Happy uh, Tuesday Giving Week and recovery of Thanksgiving Week. I'm still recovering. I've been doing about 10 miles a day on my bike to try to recover. So, And I, and I, I can't imagine how, how busy you were for Giving Tuesday because we know you're such a great philanthropist. Thank but, you. Uh, it was a good day, wasn't you know, it? One of the, it was a great day. Yeah. Well, and you, you, know, were cook, uh, you were cooking yes. on yes, Thanksgiving, I cook, right? I cook a lot. Actually, I cook a lot. Um, during COVID, um, I really um, became sensitive to food insecurity. And so um, it started, I started delivering food to seniors and some people who had had surgery or they just couldn't get out of the house or they just were in a, a blue funk depression. And so I would deliver food. I'd make soup every week and then deliver it every Wednesday. But uh, you're referring to my mom's vegan Thanksgiving. And uh, it was sad because our whole family wasn't together, even though we were all in the desert together. Um, but um, it was great. Uh, it was a lot easier to cook for two people versus 10. So um, I got a lot of extra free time on Thanksgiving Day, which was very nice. Yeah, the soup swap has been popular. I made a bunch of soup at Thanksgiving, too, and swapped with a bunch of people's side yeah, dishes. That's nice. I really like that. I think soup is one of those items that... Um, uh, really conveys how much you care about someone because it's warm and you, yeah. you know, a little attention to detail with a soup makes it a real different soup. And so I, I really like that. John, uh, but I'm here to John, talk about I've something other a... than soup. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question, Sue, about your, um, you know, political activity as we move into a new administration in Washington, hopefully a, uh, a Senate that is uh, at least 
one vote away from a majority with the uh, VP, the deciding vote. What is, what is activism going to look like from our standpoint with the new sheriff in town who's on our side? Right. Well, it's very exciting. Uh, first of all, the appointments so far have been very, um, uh, I, I would just say they're, they're very, they're not calculated. They're very strong people in terms of their history and being in administration before. And so all the shenanigans that's been happening since the election has been won by Joe Biden, by Mr. Trump, um, doesn't really matter because these people actually know how government works and everything else. In terms of activism, um, what most people don't know is, is that the new administration looks for people to fill all of these spots. And there's thousands of spots in the federal government, not just Secretary of State and all these big high power things, but the 17 people below the Secretary of State, they need to fill those positions. And so one of the organizations I'm involved with, the Victory Fund, has a nonprofit organization, speaking of Giving Tuesday, um, that um, basically trains candidates, takes elected officials into a David Bonnet program at Harvard University and trains them to actually be legislators. And during these times, just like the last time in Obama, uh, they have a presidential appointment project. And so you can submit your resume to the Victory Fund Institute and have it vetted by the Victory Fund. And then they basically promote you on behalf of gay and lesbian um, folks who are looking for positions. Um, last time during the Obama administration, the Victory Fund Institute actually got more, more than 500 people, gay and lesbian, transgender folks, jobs in the administration. And so I think it's going to be a higher number this time, just like you saw higher numbers of candidates running. I think you'll see higher numbers of people being appointed. So if anybody listening to this broadcast, you can go um, on to the Victory Fund. I'm going to put victoryinstitute.org. And you can go ahead and see how to get involved in the uh, process. It's a pretty smooth process. You actually get vetted by the Victory Fund first before you get vetted by anybody in the White House. Um, and then you get trained about your interview and uh, what kind of things you should be talking about based upon your resume. Um, so you actually get coached on top of uh, having your resume put forward. I wouldn't get that far. I'd be vetted out before they even got to that <laughs> stage. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Wouldn't it be cool if... if um, if being of service became really hip again. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think you see that, you've seen a lot of that in uh, the Coachella Valley and across the nation um, with COVID um, of people being service. You find these incredible next-gen entrepreneurs of, uh, I think I saw on the other day in Good Morning America, a 13-year-old who started her own foundation um, wow. that came straight out of COVID. And, um, you know, if you haven't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a moment of lecture. I think if in the last nine months you have not figured out something about yourself um, or something you'd want yourself to be um, because of COVID, I think you've missed part of the whole reason why we've been dealing with COVID. And um, I think you will find a better um, level of commitment to people. And I think in the Coachella Valley, you've seen huge amounts of people doing the same thing every week, like going to the Food Bank of the Gay and Lesbian Center every single Thursday with their favorite item to donate, which is their favorite food. Mine's eggs, oh. <laughs> eggs and mac and cheese. And, um, you know, I think that's um, a good thing. Being of service to your community and other people um, not only helps your community and other people, it actually helps you and um, changes the way you look at yourself and the world around you. If I'm going to get lectured by somebody about being of service, I'm, I'm damn glad it's from you. Can you think of one sort of youth shining star that I know I put you on the spot, but somebody that's been 
really rising in the Coachella Valley that you guys have been able to mentor or work with or? Actually, I haven't, I haven't really experienced anybody really young right now. What I've really experienced is people just saying how that don't, that don't do anything, literally. Like, you know, it's like the person who has not exercised in 20 years said, hey, would you go walk with me? You know, it's more like that. So I've had um, probably about 25, 30 people um, in the last three months that have said, hey, how do I get started? And I'm like, well, what do you like? You know, what's your passion? What, you know, what motivates you? And whatever motivates you is what you should do. And so it's gone from like dog, you know, dog rescue to feeding dogs to, um, volunteering and you know those kind of things and I think every little bit helps especially where we're not in the best economy in the best place ever so all this stuff really really helps um all this starts at home it all does start at home I agree and um you know it doesn't necessarily start at home I never the only place my parents gave money was at church at um, Our Lady of Solitude over there by Fabulous and um that's the only time I ever saw them give away money and not that I didn't see them have a charitable heart and help people and do other things. But um, most people in a household don't experience um, having money being given away out of their household. Um, and most people, you know, my mom, my dad died when I was young and she would in high school, we had open campus high school and all the kids that really couldn't afford to go out to lunch would come over to my house and we'd have off campus lunch over at my house. And so I saw those kind of community services being yeah. happened. But I think if you can teach it at home, you know, be much better. It's not always about money, right? And for no. me, I've never been very driven by money, but the best thing about even having a small windfall is being able to share it. Correct, correct. And you know, you saw that during the Biden campaign where people got a, the stimulus check from the federal government. And then all of a sudden that month, yeah. there was 14,000 stimulus check contributions directly to the campaign. Don't I was here that Giving Tuesday raised more money this week than ever before. Before, correct. Correct. And I think, again, I think that's because of COVID. And I think it's because people are witnessing what other people are going through and are truly, truly thankful and grateful for the reality that they're living in versus, you know, the food line for eight hours on Thanksgiving Eve. Um, I think that really, really jolted a few people um, in the world. So um, I think it's great, you guys. I think anything we can do to make anybody better. But I always view money as the last hope unless all they need is money, like, you know, the food bank, it's like, I need money to buy this stuff, or um, I need money to buy um, clothes for my residents. Or keep my health insurance going. Right, exactly, exactly. But um, I think the giving in another way, like the food or the, um, you know, being of service, if, you know, it's just something random, like some older person in the parking lot at Trader Joe's, you know, they're struggling with their bags, just go skippy over there and say happy holidays and load their damn groceries in their car for them. You know, every little bit helps. Sue Burnside, we love your heart. We love your passion (laughs) and where you focus it. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it all. We'll have you back. Good to see you You soon. You too, you guys. Take care of yourself. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Now go make some soup. (laughs) I'm actually going to the food bank now. It is Thursday. It is Thursday. Are you unloading the trucks? (laughs) No, I'm loading in. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sonny. Bye, guys. Every week after we do this podcast, there is a newsletter that is generated from the good folks at Gay Desert Guide. Brad Furr, what do you got in this week's roundup? 
Well, we've talked about a couple of the things because we do like to use the podcast as a platform to promote some of the great events and activities happening in Greater Palm Springs. So we had Dennis on a few minutes ago talking about the Men of the Desert Fashion Show broadcast on Friday, December the 4th. If you are hearing this podcast any later than that, uh, we'll have to try to figure out where that can be uh, rebroadcast. We're not quite sure yet. Palm Springs Art Museum doing something tomorrow evening, Friday, December 4th at 6 p.m. It's their fundraising gala art party. And um, over the weekend, we talked about uh, the Mary Pickford Theater doing that first run motion picture called The Prom with Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, and many others. Did I ever tell you guys the story about Nicole Kidman owning my um, exes? We had a, a Jack Russell Terrier that I bought for my ex uh, 14 years ago. Her name was Daisy. She just passed last week. Um, and she was originally adopted by Nicole Kidman. I've got a photo of Nicole Kidman holding this puppy. And then she and Keith Urban were together. Keith went into rehab. They had to give the puppy back to the breeder who was a friend of mine in Beverly Hills. So I got the dog. Wow. And, uh, and so Daisy was this wonderful little Jack Russell terror um, <laughs> who used to rule the roost. Um, and that's my Nicole Kidman story. Well, Nicole Kidman has this <laughs> awesome uh, series on HBO, The Undoing, which I've just started binging. It's only like six episodes yeah. with yeah. Hugh Grant. Ooh, I'm like three now, in. My, it's really good. On the dog walk this morning, my neighbor said, oh, there's some plot twists at the end. I'm like, of course there is, but I can't wait to see it. I'm really looking forward to that. It's worth a binge. Um, I'm sure it is. Uh, Palm Springs Cultural Center, of course, not to be outdone, doing movies this weekend. Cinema Under the Stars with Stardust, the uh, David Bowie biopic on Friday and Saturday. Other shows there as well. Um, we are partnering with the men event, Hugh Heisel, and uh, they've got uh, something called London's LGBTQ Theaterland Tour. Uh, that's coming up this weekend. Um, a couple of uh, really good uh, toy drives and holiday gift drives coming up. Purple Room's got one going on. Even though Purple Room is not open, they're doing one for Well of the Desert. You can drop off toys for kids ages 1 through 10 daily from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the lobby. That's the, uh, the Trinidad uh, little uh, hotel there right next to the Saguaro Hotel. And then the Palm Springs Gay Men's Chorus is doing a kids' holiday gift toy drive Saturdays, December 5th, um, and then also on the 9th and the 12th, 8 a.m. till 12 noon, part of the Chorus Cares Initiatives. They're asking for unwrapped gifts or toys in original packaging and gift cards up to $25. Those donations will go to the children at Martha's Village and Kitchen in Indio. Also in need this year, and I, I know there's so many people in need this year, and that's why I really wanted to go through this. Mizell Senior Center, help a homebound senior this holiday season. They are putting together personal care packages. They need uh, items for 450 care packages for homebound seniors that they deliver food to. But these are toiletries, shaving cream, soap, toilet paper, Anything along those lines, um, those can be donated at the Mizell Senior Center. Um, then our friends over at K-Gay doing the Naughty and Nice Extravaganza. Next weekend, we'll talk more about that as we get into the week. 
and Wild Lights. I had a chance to go with Jimmy Bogle last week. We went to Wild Lights over at the Living Desert, got to wander through. Um, many dates have sold out, but there are still uh, a number of nights that are not. It goes 6 to 9 p.m., socially distanced. Wear your mask, take the kids, take the adults, and enjoy yourself. That should be a lot of fun. Palm Springs Gay Men's Chorus has a show on Saturday, December 19th. We'll be talking more about that. The LGBTQ Center has tons of virtual events. We've got them all listed in our newsletter and on our blog at gaydesertguide.com. And that's a quick synopsis of what's going on around Greater Palm Springs this week and weekend. All right. And do you linked on the website to Jimmy Bogle's uh, cvindependent.com as well. Yes. Yeah, we always feature that in our news uh, feed. So every Coachella Valley Independent uh, Daily Digest is always available on the homepage of gaydesertguide.com. And now we are being heard and seen on Out at TV Friday mornings at 10 a.m., you can stream us on Roku and Google or whatever, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV. We are there. We have made it to the big time, kids. Yes, and on my 55-inch screen, uh, it's a little rough. I think I got to get some uh, work done. <laughs> you need, I'll, I'll, I'll take you over to Dr. Lombardo. We'll make sure. Uh, I'm just going to throw some Vaseline over the lens of the it web. It does work. Yeah. <laughs> just ask Lucille Ball from MAME. Actually, you were saying I look a lot better today, but it's because my camera is three feet away from me. And that's why I look better. I think I'm going to get a drone at 200 feet, but... Yes. You guys, you thank go. you so much. Uh, Shan, did you have anything that you have going on that you're you're doing? You're just going to be... Sitting at home, picking my nose. All right. And her beautiful holiday lights, which can be seen from space. Oh, they are beautiful. Yeah, your house looks great. And you look great. And you, you're both a sight for sore eyes. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week and probably sooner uh, on I Love Gay Palm Springs. Love ya. Bye. Bye, kids. For info on this week's topics, go to GayDesertGuide.com and join the Oasis Insiders Club. Each week, you'll get the Gay Desert Guide This Week in I Love Gay Palm Springs newsletter with news, community events, and hot deals. I Love Gay Palm Springs with John Taylor, Shan Carr, and Brad Furr. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Listen on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get podcasts.